So, um, as a church, we've been going through um, the book of Mark and taking out little sections as we go along. And we're not doing it because we want to um, be really good historians and learn about how they lived in those days or, you know, all anything to do with that. We're doing it because we want to learn how to become more like... I'm just leaving that space. Who do we want to become more like? Jesus. There you go. <laughs> that was blank faces there. Um, Oh, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't start with my joke. Okay, so I actually couldn't think of a joke this morning. And then I asked Judah, who is at the back, um, if he could give me a joke. And he, it was wonderful, maybe a God thing, because it kind of goes in with um, what the topic is about. Um, so the joke is, um, what does a gun sound? I mean, obviously Judah's joke is about a gun. Um, what does a gun sound like in a traditional church? Does anybody know? Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Isn't that great? And I mean, it's, it's so spot on as well about today. So, um, so I'm going to read our um, passage, um, which is all about traditions. So I think Judah got that spot on. Um, thank you, Judah. So we are reading in Mark chapter 7, if you want to turn to that. Um, I'm going to read the first chunk, and then we'll, we will unpack a bit of the other bits later. But I'm going to read the first chunk, which was chapter 7, verses 1. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled. That is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the, to the tradition of the elders. When they came to, from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And they observe many other traditions, such as washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, why don't your disciples live according to, to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their foods with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So, I'm gonna, we're gonna be looking at this passage and um, thinking about traditions and religious rituals um, and how easily it is, as Jesus prophesied over them, that it is easy to get distracted and miss the whole point of what we're doing. And actually, um, it's not even all about rituals, this passage, as we will learn a bit later. Um, if you read afterwards, it's actually about the state of our hearts. So it's not really about having defiled hands, but it's having defiled hearts. And it's actually quite easy for us as um, the Western Christian Church to brush over this um, story, and especially our church, because we're not that traditional. Um, 
we don't have lots of rituals that we focus on. We don't, like other religions or even other like Christian denominations, we don't like have lots of different rules and regulations that we have to keep to. But actually, I think if we push deep into this passage, it's actually very challenging to all of us. And um, what I've noticed that it, he, he was actually talking mainly about um, two talking to two main groups of people here. So the Pharisees, and then later on what we'll read about is he then talks to his disciples. And he's quite challenging to, to, to both of them. And um, it might be quite good for you to think, which of these two groups do you think Jesus is gently nudging you in? Um, which is he lovingly saying that you might be a bit similar to? Is it the disciples or is it the Pharisees? So we'll begin with the Pharisees. Um, um, so the Pharisees and they were teachers of religion um, law they, um, these guys knew their, their Old Testament they knew their, um, their Bible really well so they had memorized it they discussed it often they, um, they went to church synagogue every week um, all the time they observed religious holidays, they fasted, they prayed, they dressed right, they talked right. And so from their perspective, they were doing well, like they were obeying God, or so it seems. But they were also really good at forcing their standards onto other people and criticizing. Um, over time, they had built up sort of rituals and laws and ideas about worship that you need to attend at a certain time, that you need to pray towards a certain direction, um, that you need to say the same words over and over again, that you need to wash clean and wash your hands and wash your pots. And this is what the disciples were getting criticized on. Um, And so the list goes on and on and on and on and on about all these different rituals and rules and man-made things. Um, And so these were their traditions that they'd built up but they had become equal in their hearts to the commands of God. And they were originally aimed at honoring God, but over time, from, it kind of swerved away from the original purpose, which was, and the most important law, which is to love your God. So it's funny, because as humans, we love doing this. We love this, it's quite a simple thing, and then, we somehow need to put lots of physical things around it to kind of keep us focused. We love rules and guidelines and practices. And um, all these things start with good motivations, but it's very easy for humans to then lose your focus and focus on the rules. And actually, traditions and rules and practices, they're all extremely helpful things. Because actually, we're meant to have spiritual habits and we're meant to have routines. Um, maybe it's individually or as a family it's really good to have habits and routines and they they help us and they kind of keep us focused and they, they remind us to kind of keep us focused but they also become can become a danger they can they can um, they can distract you from the original thing and the devil loves to find anything um, to kind of pull you away from the original purpose so for example, you know, a person could go to church regularly, um, they go to Christian group, they take communion, they can serve at church, and they can pray before they eat. 
But if they do all these things because they feel like it makes them clean and it um, makes them righteous and it makes them a good person for God, um, but actually it doesn't have anything to do with a passionate relationship with Jesus, sadly, they might be called hypocrites. Because actually they're doing all these religious rituals and traditions, but their hearts might be far away. They've moved far away from God. And it sounds really obvious, but I think we can all get into that zone. Um, there's a guy called Peter Cazero, and he says in this book, The Emotionally Healthy Church. He says, but work from God that is not nourished by a deep interior life with God will eventually be contaminated. Our experiential sense of worth and validation gradually shifts from God's love for us in Christ to our works and performance. The love, the joy of life with Christ slowly, almost imperceptibly disappears. So when these leaders are asking Jesus why his disciples aren't washing their hands before they eat, Jesus goes like on the offense. He goes super like critical straight away. Because um, it's funny because normally he like in the past when you've read in the gospel, he normally like answers like with a parable with like a really clever like confusing question. Um, But this time he doesn't. And I wonder why. Why do you think he doesn't this time and do you think it's because he knows their heart like he is God and he literally knows what they're thinking he knows their intention he knows why they're doing this and I think this is so because actually if we look back and all the times the interactions that the Pharisees have been having with Jesus they've been they've been quite critical because actually um, these guys are they're from Jerusalem. They've come to investigate what's been happening because there's been lots of healings and preachings and they are, the, the news is spreading fast about Jesus. And so they've come to kind of see what's happening and they keep coming because earlier in Mark, um, they have come and they say to Jesus that he's demon-possessed because that's how he's driving out spirits. Or another time they critiqued Jesus that he wasn't keeping the Sabbath practices. Or another time they were... Um, picking on saying that the disciples were picking corn on the sabbath um and that they weren't fasting they were being rebellious it looks like so actually because of these previous examples we can assume that jesus knew their intention that their intention was one of suspicion and judgment so even though the pharisees were physically clean so the hands were like super clean actually They were using their hands to point and accuse. Jesus knew their hearts. He says, you hypocrites, basically, you fakes. He could see that their motives weren't pure. It wasn't coming out of a place of interest. It was coming out of a place of critique. And actually, it's quite helpful to think that their hearts were like hollow in that moment and and they didn't have the fear of the Lord in their hearts because actually if they had the fear of the Lord imagine if they actually knew that they were speaking to God himself (laughs) they they wouldn't be saying this it would be a complete waste of time Um, and it's the fear of the Lord in our hearts which 
so helpful. It's, it's, both, it's such a beautiful concept to try and get our heads around. The fear of the Lord is kind of quite chilling, isn't it? But it's also really beautiful and helpful. Because actually we know as Christians, we kind of know this. He is always with us. God is always with us. But, but when, do, we, do we really, really know that? We, we, do we only push into that when things are really tough and we're walking through the, sh- the valley of the shadow of death? Then he is with me. But actually, he is with us all the time. Like all the time. When we're not doing well, but also when we're doing really well. And maybe when we're, our hearts aren't great. So actually, our hearts behind everything that we do is so important. And actually, um, it's quite—it's hard actually for us to judge our hearts. Like we think our intentions are pure, but actually, it's only when we put them underneath God and give them to God, then then we can know what our intentions are. So, for example, um, you know, rituals like fasting—why do we do it? It's quite easy to kind of get into a pattern of different things like that, but not really know why we're doing it. Even serving. Are we doing it for praise of man? You know, it might have started really well. Or are we doing it to like tick that box of like religious thing that we do in our week? Or um, making ourselves feel good? Or are we doing it because we are called to do it? Um, I don't, who here, nobody at the 9am had heard of this. Who here has heard this expression, doing it for an audience of one? Has anybody heard that? Yeah, okay, a few people. I love that expression. So we're doing it for an audience of one. What's that one? God. So everything that we do, we can do it for an audience of one. Because he helps me check my heart and why I'm doing things. I even sometimes do it like housework. I'm like, oh doing it for you. <laughs> um, it's really helpful to be thinking that. I want it up. I, I, want it on, I want it tattooed on my arm or something. Doing it for an audience of one. Because actually this Old Testament prophecy can be applied to us too. I'll read it again. I'm sorry about the mic. Can you? Am I going? Um, these people, he says, so Jesus said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachers, teachings are merely human rules. You have, let, you have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. So actually this prophecy is from Isaiah. And um, it was given by God to the people, um, the kingdom of Judah, the nation of Judah. And um, it was kind of like a, a warning that God would destroy it. Um, because actually the leaders of this nation were doing lots of rituals, and they were worshipping God in the prescribed place, but actually they were ignoring matters of justice and love, genuine love for God. And then this prophecy came true later in 587 BC, and Jerusalem was literally destroyed to rubble. So it's a really important thing for us to kind of be reminded of like where do we hold on to traditions um what is our law as christians what are our habits as christians that we do and what is our heart behind them so is it to love the tradition of church 
and how it is, like a certain way. But then forget that it's all about loving God and that loving our people and loving mercy and loving justice throughout the week as well. So Jesus sees the Pharisees as fake and they display this outward honor to God. So it's like me wearing my cross. But then it is contradicted by their heart in all their criticism that they're doing. And, and actually, we see this quite a lot in the Old Testament. There's loads of um, like um, attacks from God onto the, the kings of Israel because actually there's constant meaningless rituals and sacrifices and things like that. Um, and, and so what, like, imagine if Jesus came back here, what would he call fake for, to us? What would he call fake to us Christians in the West? Um, I wonder, because like, I often wonder if Sundays are quite like a bit of a stumbling block for us because we, we, we tick that box, we come to church. Um, but it, is, it, is it like an outward expression of an inward devotion? That's the kind of thing. Or is it something else? Because what is the rest of our week looking like? And even um, Christian podcasts, listening to lots of different Christian podcasts or sermons, is that, is that an inward devotion of Jesus or just trying to fill our heads with more information? And listening to worship music. Sometimes I play worship, well, I play worship all the time. But am I worshiping or is it just noise? It's, I'm not, it's not a bad thing. All these are great things. But it's good to keep remembering why, what we're doing. It's good to check in and challenge ourselves because it's very easy, like the quote we were set, heard earlier, to slip into complacency and habit. Um, so my cross that I literally wear 24-7, is it an outward expression of a radical dying, because it is a cross, a radical dying to myself and living for Jesus or a really nice necklace? I don't know. Um, and actually, I... If we think about like what, who they were, what they were doing, they were being rebels, these disciples, okay? And I, I've actually always loved being a rebel, haven't I, Dad? I've always, always been a rebel. Um, and I've, I've often been a rebel without a cause, um, movie quote. Or, but, or I've been a rebel for my cause, okay? Um, but Jesus is calling his disciples... So this is about disciples now, to be rebels, not to conform and to not confit into the social and all the religious rulers, um, rules of the day. Because Jesus was a rebel. He had a cause, and his cause was to love God. And that loving God was him spending genuine time alone with his father, talking to him, asking, asking for things, thanking God, his father, um, his love was genuine and it was not confined to specific places or times or things. And then he also loved people. That was the second command. It's like loving his people. And this meant he was talking to them, not just on a Sunday, not just in a specific time. He was getting interrupted, like constantly he was getting interrupted, but he loved them. He entered, he entered people's mess he welcomed strangers and sinners and children, and he laid his hands onto unclean people, forgiving them, eating with them. And so by Jesus touching, healing, eating with the sinners, lepers, children, women, 
and then not washing himself clean. He was being a rebel. I like um, in Micah, uh, Micah 6, it says, um, with what shall I come before the Lord and bow down before the exalted God? Shall I come to him with burnt offerings, with calves a, years old, a year old? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. So, so, this is, so he's kind of done his thing with the, um, the uh, Pharisees and he's called them all fakes, okay? So that was like, that was intense. But actually, if you keep reading in um, the, the next part, in verse 14, it says, again, Jesus called his crowd towards him and he said, come, listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. So, um, it, all these rituals, and it's interesting we're in Lent, and it's kind of like about all these, these things that we do in this time. All these rituals that we do, our Sunday services, the apps that help us pray, <laughs> um, Bible studies, um, none of them are actually wrong at all. They are actually extremely helpful. And we're so lucky to live in this day and age where we have all this stuff. I don't think they wouldn't have had it before. So they are so incredible, but they're not God. And what is wrong with humans, it's not all of this stuff. It's actually an internal problem, internally there is a problem. Because we can do all the washing and um, we can sing all our songs and we can be religious and wear, wear our crosses. But actually what makes us unclean is what is inside us. Um, and actually I think it's interesting, this is a big problem with society and um, people who aren't Christians who think that they're, you know, they're not sinners and that they're not broken and they don't need God. But I actually also think it's a bit of a problem with us as Christians. We, we kind of, we get saved and then we kind of plod along. Um, we forget that we're also flawed. We're so flawed and we, we are saved, but we are actually being continually saved every single day because one day we will be perfect, but we're really not there yet. Um, and that's really important to keep reminding ourselves of that because just because I'm a Christian doesn't mean that I don't, I, I'm selfish, I'm greedy, I'm envious, I have addictive habits. I judge um, other people. And all this stuff leaks out of me. Easily can leak out of me. And actually, what, why do I desire to do bad things? Even though I know it's wrong for me. And that's because I am ultimately flawed inside. And I'm not perfect yet. yet. And this is the world that we are all living in as people, as as followers of Jesus, we're living in this world. We're saved, but we're not fully there. We're still working out our salvation every day. And so, like I was just saying, it's the dangers when we stop letting God, God mold us and break us. And we just plod along, being a Christian, and actually, ultimately, not looking that different to everyone around us. That's the danger. The Bible tells us to be continually filled because we leak. 
And it actually tells us to be broken so that God can fix us and make us stronger. Because we, we often criticize and judge instead of loving and healing. We desire wealth and stuff instead of pushing into mission and my purpose. We're addicted to physical things that destroy us from the inside out instead of being addicted to God and his daily forgiveness and his molding and cleansing and breaking and healing. And so this is the funny part, is that even though his disciples were with him, watching, being a rebel, you know, not washing, and they were literally with him, they were with Jesus, they were with God, is that, it's so funny, is that they, they were doing all that things, and then they asked him what he meant. So that last bit about what comes out of us, they then go, but what does this mean? And, and then um, Jesus Jesus also is quite direct to them. He says, why are you so dull? Why are you so stupid? And I, I don't think it's because he had, like, had a bad morning that morning. He didn't, didn't have his Weetabix. Like he, I think he was just so sad that even though they were with him, they didn't get the point. Jesus said um, he had to then explain it really directly. He said, he said, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is with, from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. So they understood that the washing was, um, they, well, they, they thought the washing was what was making them clean. But actually, um, and they thought it was the dirt. But actually, what they didn't realize is that the uncleanliness was coming from within, not from without. So we, as Christians, we don't want to be plodding along, do we? We need to keep remembering that we are in the world we try not to be of it. And we're arguably failing. And actually, we want to be rebels, not without a cause, but for a cause. We want to look different. We want to look rebellious. But for Jesus, not for other things, not for ourselves. And so one of the ways that we can do this is that it talks about it all the way through the Old Testament, is to have the fear of the Lord in our hearts. This is a really practical thing that we can kind of do every second of the day. That's maybe the thing that we can have as our repeating tradition. So when we have the fear of the Lord in our hearts, we can ask him to humble us, to convict us when things are happening, to break us, and then to grow us. Because actually we need to keep short accounts with God. So whatever we're doing, keep short accounts with him. Ask him, like, what, when I just spoke to that person, was my heart right? Jesus, what how did you see that moment? How did you see that interaction? Because we are, we are holy people, um, but we're still people. And we're in Lent, and so it's, it's interesting that we're thinking about these things that we're giving up. Um, it's, but we, like it's a really good reminder. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Are we doing this because we want our heart to be, heart to be right? Um, 
because actually we could just do this, we could do Lent every year, but actually if we want to be the light to the world, we've got to stop growing dim. It's very easy to grow dim. And if we want to be salt, if we're meant to be salt to the earth, we don't want to lose our saltiness. We want to be salt. We want to make an impact. So we've got to start humbling ourselves. We've got to confess our sins, keep short accounts with Jesus, and ask him for forgiveness, and then help him to mold us as we move forward in this, in this life with him. Um, I love this psalm. Um, I've got a big blackboard up in our, in our kitchen now, and I just wrote it up. And it's quite fun just to keep looking at it when I'm cooking. <laughs> um, I like, and even the, even the Israelites, God told them to, them to write it up on their walls. Not because it's a ritual, but because it helps us remind us. So I advise you, write things up on the board and meditate on verses. So I love this. It says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O oh God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. So this, I'm going to be landing now, um, but this is actually such a privilege as children of God and that he loves us so much he's not going to give up on us. Um, and actually when we're honest about those broken places in our lives, or we're honest about those addictions, or those things that destroy us or other people, he can use that all for his glory. He can make us so much stronger, and um, he doesn't waste anything like this. He doesn't waste this pain. He's interested in our hearts, because he wants them to grow larger for him. He wants us to have an impact. He doesn't want us to grow dull. And um, the, the Pharisees, they didn't realize that Jesus could see literally in their hearts and what their actions were. And we forget that. We often, I forget, that, Je that literally God can see my heart every second. He, he knows what I'm doing every moment of the day. And we often have the fear of man rather than the fear of God. So my challenge to you guys, for us as a church this week, is... Um, recognizing that God's presence is with you every single moment of the day, everywhere you go. Try and live your life honoring him. Take hold of opportunities that you think the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Serving him, not man, and doing it for an audience of one, doing it for God. Have the fear of, ma of God in your heart. So as a community, it would be great, wouldn't it be, to be rebels for God, Let's be rebels for God. I'm just going to read um, this Deuteronomy passage. I'm going to put our, our church's name in it. Um, so it says, it says, And now, St. Mary's, what does the Lord your God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him, to love him, 
to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and to hold fast to him. In Jesus' name, amen. I think maybe if we just um, stand, because everyone's got their hearts, everyone knows what they're, what they're struggling with, everyone knows their brokenness, and I think um, I might just read again David's psalm, and if we want to pray that for ourselves in our hearts, and then we can be talking to God in worship in a minute.